Hello and welcome to the Let's Guide podcast, the ultimate podcast for Google Local Guides. You're listening today to episode number 22 and it's called Sources of Information. Being a local guide is all about adding content to Google Maps, of course, or editing things that are already on the map. To do that in a proper way, you need to be confident that whatever you add to the map is correct information based on reliable sources. In this episode, we will investigate which sources of information local guides have at their disposal, but also which sources of information are perhaps not the best to use. As usual, before we start, I want to point out that I'm not an official representative of Google or the Local Guides team. I'm just a local guide like most of you. Things you hear in it in this podcast are therefore my personal interpretation. This episode 22 is recorded at the beginning of June 2020 and is therefore describing the situation as it is today. Should you be listening at a later date, then perhaps things might have changed, of course. One more thing before really starting, for those who have listened to several episodes of the podcast and like them, and perhaps want to do something back, well, please share a link to Let's Guide podcast on your social media accounts, especially if you're a member of one of the local guides groups, either global or by country or region or even city. You can just share a URL of the homepage, letsguidepodcast.com, At the bottom of each episode page, there are convenient buttons to share on social media for a specific episode. And in most podcast players, you also have buttons to share on social media. It would really mean a lot to me. Thanks. Let's get started. So, sources of information. There are basically three types of them. The first one are sources related to you yourself. The second are sources related to Google Maps. And finally, there's also external sources. We'll go into detail on all of them in a minute. The main thing, however, is that the source is reliable as we obviously want to add info to the map that corresponds to the current reality that is true, so to speak. The goal, after all, is to make maps better, not worse. The first one, the first type, sources related to you. Also here, there are three different types. The first one is knowledge from observation. This is obviously the only option you have for adding pictures and reviews. You can't add pictures if you have not been to the place, because then you're not uh, uploading your own pictures. And that's, of course, strictly forbidden. The same for a review. How can you write a review if you've never been to the place? And uh, yeah, well, then you can, of course, not describe your experience there in a nice review. But also for edits, your personal observation uh, can be very important. Wherever you go or pass by or spend some time, well, just check, look around and check the maps entries of that place for missing or inaccurate info. I often make specific trips mainly for making edits and taking pictures, which is then also good for getting some exercise, of course. And 
while you're there, while you're just making observations, walking around, make sure to also try and do some cleaning. You might remember it from episode 19, where I covered the Local Guides Clean the Map project. For those who are unfamiliar with that, I'll of course uh, include a link to it in the show notes. An extra tip regarding your knowledge from observation might be that if you pass by somewhere and you see a sign coming here soon, make a note of it, that, uh, because that's where a new point of interest could be added soon. Probably or sometimes there's also even a date when the new uh, shop is uh, usually will be opened. Why not even make a private list? That's a good tip I heard from someone. I forgot who it was, so sorry to not uh, credit this to the right person, but it's a great tip. Make, make a private list of places that will open soon. Uh, a list on maps and then you can keep track of them. I'll probably cover that also in an upcoming episode on lists on Google Maps. The second source of information related to you yourself is knowledge from daily life. You of course know a lot about the area where you live or work. So that can be a very reliable source, for example, check the facts or the add missing info module. In that area, in that area rather, it will also be easy for you to spot missing places or notice entries still on the map for businesses that are no longer there. Just take out your smartphone and scroll around a bit at a high zoom level. And the chances are very, very high that you will spot some of those. A word of warning though, it's not because you don't see a place on the map that uh, there is no entry for it already. The algorithm behind maps doesn't show you all points of interest, even when zoomed into the highest level. So my default behavior when I think I've spotted a missing point of interest is first to search for it inside maps. If only to, ev to avoid the frustration that you've just added all the information, typed in very nicely the correct address, and then upon hitting the submit arrow, getting a did you mean this place. Quite frustrating, I can tell you from experience. Daily life knowledge can also come from people in your environment, relatives, friends, colleagues at work. They often live in another area uh, than you are living. So they are, of course, a very re reliable source of info for the area that they live in. It's a very, very nice source that you can use and perhaps it will entice them to become local guides themselves. Who knows? The third and final source of information related to you is cultural or society related knowledge. You know a lot about the world in general, about your country, about society, about the way, for example, the educational system is organized or what is sold in certain chains or types of stores. Use that knowledge to apply, for example, a better or more specific category for points of interest. An example of this I mentioned already in episode number 10, the one called Level 5 in a Day, still one of the most popular ones if you haven't heard it yet. Belgium, my home country, has an old historic church in almost every village and Belgium is traditionally a completely Catholic country. 
So if you come across one of these churches there and find it labeled with the category church in general, you can change that category to the more specific Catholic church. So those were the sources of information related to you yourself. Let's now look into the sources related to Google Maps. So what you can already find on maps, either at the point of interest itself or in the area. Street View is, of course, very, very, uh, a very good source of information here. For example, in cases where you want to move the map marker to the correct place, often you will find that in the middle of the street or at a crossing, or in a number of cases also on roundabouts. There's a uh, quite nice post I wrote on that. Uh, it's actually a case study in the Local Guides Clean the Map project. I'll um, make sure to link to that in the show notes. So Street View images can be very, very uh, valuable for as a source of information. Also pictures, of course, those can be very helpful for the point of interest names because the guideline from Google is that you should or that the name of the point of interest on maps should be the name as it's written on the storefront. And that's something you can figure out from the picture, of course, to check if what is already on maps is indeed the best way it should be written. Pictures of menus can also be added or can also be useful, I mean, for, for example, uh, the names of dishes. Another uh, maps related source of information are reviews. Those can contain valuable information. For example, when the uh, new category escape rooms was added somewhere last year, the reviews were quite helpful to me because a lot of the escape rooms were easy to spot because they had the word escape room in their name, but some of them had quite ambiguous names. And then it was the reviews that really helped me a lot because yeah, people said or wrote things like this is one of the best escape rooms I've ever visited. Another uh, maps related source of information are other points of interest, especially if, for example, it's related to chains. One of the guidelines there is that chains should have consistent categories. So all of the entries for a chain should have the same category. So if you uh, come across inconsistency, inconsistencies there, the other points of interest might help you find the right one. And then, of course, finally, there's also the websites. Most of the points of interest have a link to the website. And usually, obviously, this, this website has uh, up-to-date information. If, for example, the category is missing, the website has been very helpful to me in uh, quite a few cases. Also for missing or checking uh, telephone numbers, addresses, names, and so on. A very nice example I came across quite recently was a general practitioner, a doctor, who was uh, entered on the map as Miller slash A dots. And there was a link to, there was a website, I checked it out and was able to see quite uh, quickly that actually it was Dr. Andrew Miller. So I could adapt the name of the point of interest and I can tell you those things get approved quite easily. On those websites, it's of course uh, most convenient or most easy um, to check the About Us page or also the photo gallery. 
One warning in general here though, always keep an eye on the date of the source of information you find on Google. There's a lot of older stuff there too, especially in the pictures or the reviews or even Street View can be a couple of years old. So please keep uh, an eye on the date. Make sure that you're not using outdated information to uh, make uh, a change on maps because that's also not what is meant to happen, of course. And this warning actually also goes for the third and final type of source of information. As I mentioned already at the beginning of the episodes, the final type are external sources. Knowledge that does not come from what you already know or what you can find on Google Maps, but from other external sources. Those can be, for example, official publications with all the new businesses or with all the bankruptcies. Depends on your country what will be available. Some have more and more official stuff than others. You could also, for example, just Google the term bankruptcy and then look at the news tab to see what's happening in your area. In these Corona days, unfortunately, that's a well-filled section. Then there's also the press, especially the local press, where you will find local reporters often uh, reporting on new openings of shops or chains or shopping malls even in your town or village. And finally, you could also uh, try to find specialized blogs or forums about, for example, retail, when a chain is being taken over or rebranded. That will be mentioned there and that could justify an entire series of edits. However, please be careful to use this information with caution. If possible, try to find at least one other source of information that confirms the facts that you find there. You could say it's a bit like being an investigative reporter. A fact can only be published on maps in this case, if there are two independent sources confirming it. Which reminds me also of another local guides clean the map case study uh, about fake locksmiths that I published and I'll link to that in the show notes as well, where people were commenting that my efforts were like that of a detective. And I really have to admit, it was really fun investigating all of that. And then, as I promised, I'm also covering a couple of sources of information you should not be using. The main one, in my view, is hearsay. Other local guides just asking you to adapt something. Do you really know how reliable the information is when some local guides, some random guide just asks you on Connect or on social media, please help me fix this. What do you really know about this? So for me, this is definitely not enough information to make an edit on maps. Another source of information you should not use is social media. Even if uh, so, posts there or even pages from businesses, because how can you be for sure? Can you be sure that the page you see is really from the business owner or if it's even up to date? People often create a page on Facebook, for example, but then maintain it for a couple of weeks or months and never look at it again. So that might not be the perfect or a really bad source of information. Social media are also known to contain a lot of fake stuff. And although there are serious efforts being made to fight this, the problem, of course, still persists. 
In general, as I mentioned before uh, when listing the sources of information related to Google Maps, do not use old or outdated information. That's obvious. And finally, the final source you should not be using are aggregation websites, yellow pages, business indexes, stuff like this. They're notoriously full of outdated info. To me, it sometimes looks as if there's only info be information being added there, but never removed. In one particular uh, situation, they can be useful, those aggregation websites, to decide if a shop is out of business or not. If, for example, you're searching for a computer shop, which is a kind of business that typically has an up-to-date web presence, and do not find a website for it, but instead several listings on those aggregation websites, well, that's an indication to me that it's very likely no longer in business. But as mentioned a couple of times already before, this should not be your only evidence to mark it as permanently closed. It can confirm info gathered from other sources, but it can't be the only source. It's time for some news. The main news topic in the last few months has of course been COVID-19 and as you have experienced no doubt yourself, this has also impacted the contributions of local guides on Google Maps. Adding pictures or checking edits was simply on hold due to COVID-19, which is by the way also the reason that it's taken me longer to release new episodes of the Let's Guide podcast, not for health reasons fortunately, but for very practical reasons as the place where I typically record is not the place where I live and as you know probably also from personal experience people have not been allowed to move around without restrictions for quite a while so it simply yeah never came to it that I was able to record an episode until today Due to COVID-19, Google has reallocated some resources, or a lot of resources, I should say, to making urgent changes on maps, like, for example, uh, marking businesses as temporarily closed or uh, highly prioritizing uh, changes made to, for example, medical points of interest. So uh, the, with these uh, resources being allocated, the checking of local guides contributions was simply put on hold. But the good news is that now, and I can confirm this from my personal experience, it's working again. The second news topic is actually a bit of a rant. For some months now, my list of edits is gone. I mean, inside the Google Maps app, where you can see the list of your approved, pending, not applied edits, it's simply missing. It's not the first time that this happens, and I'm really not the only one that faces this problem. As you can tell from a post published by our Danish friend Morten Copenhagen, to which I'll link in the show notes, of course, a lot of people, a lot of local guides are reporting the same problem. So it's even increasing as it seems. And the worst part of it all, it looks like the local guides with the highest amounts of edits are impacted by this, aka some of the most dedicated local guides. The Google team is aware of it and looking into it, but it's still not getting fixed. I can understand, of course, there was a shift in resources, 
related to COVID-19, as we just mentioned, but still, I would really, really, really like to see my list of edits again. Okay, rant mode off. The final news item for today is related to accessibility, because there's a new feature on Maps, which is also great news for the tons of local guides that are putting so much effort into adding that specific type of information to Maps. What you can do is switch on a setting, a new setting, and I'll um, make sure to link in the show notes to a post written by Googler Katie McBrown, where it's explained in the following way. This new setting will allow wheelchair accessibility information to be more prominently displayed in search results and in Google Maps. When accessible places, that's what it's called, is switched on, a wheelchair icon will indicate an accessible entrance and you'll be able to see if a place has accessible seating, restrooms or parking. Isn't that a nice new feature? But that, I'm afraid, is all I have for this episode. Please do get in touch with me with any comments, remarks or questions. You can email me uh, on letsguidepodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to me on uh, Twitter. You can find me there as Local Guides Guru or on Facebook in Local Guides World, the group there. On Connect, of course, you can find me under my real name, Jan van Haver, J-A-N-V-A-N-H-A-V-E-R. And I also have a blog with a lot of non-local guide related stuff on it as well, janvanhaver.com. The show notes for this episode and all other episodes, of course, can be found on the homepage of the podcast, which is simply letsguidepodcast.com. Thank you very, very much for listening, and I hope you will continue to listen to the next episode, although in these corona days it's hard to tell when that will be out. And please don't forget, share a link to the podcast on your social media accounts if you would like to do me a pleasure. Game over.